0: morning good afternoon good evening this is the material podcast episode number 258 we've been doing this podcast for quite a while i am your host florence ion and i'm joined here by my co-host andy anako
1: hello although technically it's only been two minutes and 48 seconds according to my recording clock i really Mm -hmm. i I, i've heard that before that Mm -hmm. it seems like longer when someone is talking to me
0: well, I I mean, I would be curious to see what it would be like audio after audio after audio after audio. <laughs> I guess if anybody out there is like a supremely we've got to have like like we've got to have a supremely big fan out there, like somebody, anybody out there <laughs> who wants to listen to all the episodes back to back to back and give us a study of. how Don't do that. Well, actually, you know what? You have all the time in the world right now. There is literally nothing. There's nothing going on. I mean, although although there's nothing should, happening, we we,
1: we we should say that you should carve out some some me time, uh, mm. and by that I mean, um, I did like 110 episodes of my personal podcast. Uh, so you should also interweave like the times where I was doing podcast solo. So
0: mm. Mm. so we can re- we so then it's a study of Andy, really the study of Andy, and
1: and isn't that fascinating? Actually, I had it's, a I had a, I had a little uh, one of those like. Um. Uh. One. One of those rare moments where there is a bit of self, uh, incontrovertible self study. Like just mm. two days ago, because I gave myself my first like solo haircut, my first self haircut.
0: Oh, this is great! Yeah. yeah. No, keep going. So, I was going to start with this too, but now I want to hear what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. See, un- un-
1: unfortunately, like I've ar- I've always owned a pair of like proper barber clippers. To I I use it to trim my trim my sideburns, and so Mm -hmm. I didn't have the excuse. Oh well, you know I would, but oh, see, there's so you can't you can't even order you can't even pre-order them. Oh well, my hands are tied. I guess I'll just keep slicking it back. I know, and not give myself basically go to a barber who's a never cut hair before, and b is not even allowed to see the head that he's cutting. Really, Uh, but so I so I finally like did it a, a couple of days ago. So it actually it actually worked out okay, I think. But the well, we, well, because real, realize that this is like a, a a man's haircut where all I have to do is like I made mean a
0: facial expression. By and, the way, well,
1: of surprise that's and disabl- surprise yes. and, and skepticism. <laughs> yeah. So it really see the 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 cutters have like these these adjustable. Excuse me, these snap-on guides. Even your right. barber uses them, right? So it came down to okay I know that my regular hair cutter uses the number 4 and the number 5 when she's like be- doing the professional okay. thing and so I'll start at the number 8 which will basically just take off like lots and lots of like the, all the like super extra growth and okay. my and my idea was I'm going to just my plan my plan was to then I'll switch to like the number seven, and instead of going all the way to the top with that, I'll go like just like to like a couple inches below the crown, and then I kept like snapping on like going going shorter, going less and less up my head with uh, closer and closer uh, cutters until I'm I'm sure it's I did take a couple of pictures and it's kind it's kind of uneven a little bit, but doesn't it looks like you you it looks like I went to uh, got a haircut at a barber college. Meaning someone who had training and had supervision, but not the doesn't have the right skills. What I'm getting at, though, is that now I I accept that I'm a Gen Xer. Uh, (laughs) I'm also okay that you know there my my youth is behind me. I have to understand and accept that. I revel in the fact that you know now that I am middle aged. The benefit is that. There is very little a human being can do either to me personally or generally that will surprise and shock me. As a matter of fact, I've had enough experience with people that I probably already have like a section in that red emergency binder in my head. on like, oh, he so this is what we're looking at is a narcissist who is in way over his or her head. And instead of solving that problem, we will defensively argue any point you make about any sort of plan that's in it. Okay, I know how, I know how to deal with this person. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, that that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. That, uh, however, you, we still we hold on to certain uh, certain images of ourselves, and it's possible. As I'm combing my hair, like in the morning, I, I know my hair is thinning. That's fine, uh, and I know that my hair is graying. That's fine too. It's just that when you're like sweeping up the bathroom floor and you're holding like clumps of your hair and you can actually see directly what the color of that hair is. There's it was it was kind of like the first time I accidentally caught my caught my uh, the the back of my head in a security in a sec, uh, like a a store like security monitor as I'm exiting a store said oh I can actually like see how thin my hair is at the back oh, okay. That that's new. Didn't didn't understand that. Uh so that's just it's it's good. It's healthy. It's information. I'd rather have a self-image that's based on facts than based on a beautiful wonderful lie that No, no, no. I'm just sort of it's just sort of like a few silver threads amongst the 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 oak. Uh yeah. But, but Well it's okay. Listen, it's fine. I, I,
0: I can relate, okay, because I was also going to bring my hair woes to this podcast today, which I'm really glad that you brought it up, because I have been dealing with the postpartum hair life in addition to the pandemic hair, so I have really long hair. Okay, my hair is all the way – my hair is down to at least my butt, okay? I have very long hair, which – The crystal um, gill cut. Yeah, it's very, very long hair, which a lot of people don't realize because I always have it up or like braided or whatever, because it's a lot of hair to just like leave around. Um, and I love it. I've, I I love my hair. But um, when I was pregnant, my hair was beautiful and lustrous and healthy. And I like there when you when a person gets pregnant, their hair grows, so they get a lot more hair on their head. But the problem is after they have the baby and the hormones like start to settle back to where they were pre-baby, you lose all of that hair that you grew. So every time I brush my hair, it's just like clumps and clumps and clumps that come out. And at first, it's it's extremely horrific because you're like, ah, <laughs> what is happening? Uh, and then after a while, you kind of just get really pissed off about it because it's like I have a trash can full of like wads of hair that could have been in my head and could have given me this like illustrious glow like I, I just would have you know I would just have a lot of hair that I could do all sorts of fun at home messy ponytail styles with but I don't because my hair is falling out and it's going back to that that I mean I have thin hair but I have a lot of it Right. If that makes sense. So like the consistency is is very thin, but when I put it up, it gets very, very like small. It's not bodied. And so my hair has been driving me up the wall. Add that to the fact that my roots are growing or like, I remember what my original hair. Co- <laughs> Actually, now I see what my hair is like in at my age because I've been coloring my hair for so long that I kind of forgot like what the real, color is, which at this point, it's this ashy sort of gray, brown, brunette, blonde sort of situation going on. And I actually have these like very beautiful silver strands coming in that are just like they're they're really pretty, actually. Like, have you ever just like have you ever just studied like silver hair in the mirror? Like it's it's quite beautiful, actually. One of
1: of the chefs on the uh, I think it's I think it's the Bon Appetit. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A youtube channel she's mm-hmm. a pastry chef who does the uh who does like the uh, gourmet versions of like twinkies and stuff like that those videos Ooh, okay Where she has like really beautiful like silver streaks like on the sides and like in the sort of uh, in the widow's peak that i'm sure that more than one person has like taken a screen capture to like a stylist and said i want streaks here here and here just like her
0: Yeah. I imagine, though, it's natural on her. Oh,
1: yes. No, it's it's natural. Yeah, because
0: my my husband has that going with his beard. I mean, he's been growing his beard out, which he's never had before. And we're noticing he gets like two white uh, white stripes on the side and then this black just right in the middle. It's been very – this whole pandemic quarantine situation has really – filled a lot of pages in our respective hair journeys. It's just like, you could talk to any of my friends right now about like, how is your hair doing? And we're learning all these things. But the thing that really bugs me is that because I have not had my hair cut since November, um, it is just the, it is just a mess. It, there's no, like, there's just no pardon my saying this there's no flow to my hair (laughs) (laughs) like there's no it just I put it up in a bun it's all like messy you know it's just I'm I'm having a hard time loving it it's it feels dry it feels unhealthy um I feel like it kind of looks dull like it's not you know I go I see my stylist usually four or five times a year um that's like the big thing that I drop cash on is my hair every year. I, I just love to get my hair done. And I've been with my stylist for like 10 years. I mean, she totally gets my aesthetic and my aesthetic has grown with her. So like she's seen me grown and adjusted my hairstyle based on, you know, how my style has sort of evolved over the years, which is great. And while my County has opened up salons, uh, she's not in my County she operates out of San Francisco County and San Francisco County is not opening until July. And, uh, I imagine she's going to be slammed with clients. <laughs> so I don't know when I'm going to be able to get my hair done next. And I'm trying like, just to, I'm trying to just roll with the punches. We're all in this together. Like everyone is experiencing it. I'm frankly, I'm too scared to like leave the house. So even if she was opening like tomorrow, I would not be rushing to her studio. To get an appointment because I just – I'm erring on the side of absolute caution until there is a vaccine uh, or a cure, whatever comes first. And as of right now, as of doing this podcast, we don't have either. But what I have found some solace in just in this time of hair uncertainty, (laughs) which by the way is just the lighter side of this whole thing trying to bring some light to it because everything is very heavy right now. Yes. Um, And, and, and and can (laughs) I,
1: can I just say parenthetically that part of the, part of the, I I, I won't speak for anybody else, but a useful part of the coping mechanism as an ongoing basis is let's find simple things that to complain about and, and simple problems that are easily addressed, managed and solved as, as again, as a side dish to the how do we solve racism, how do we solve a global pandemic? How do we solve the problem of the racists who are getting in the way of solving the racism and the pro global pandemic? Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's more sometimes it's also like, ah, damn it. I think I I think the hardware for the new curtain rods is too short for the curtain rods that I ordered. Damn it. <laughs>
0: um well one thing, so we're still ordering out food. We're still getting like weekly uh, curbside pickup and supporting restaurants this way. Uh, Because again, I'm not, I don't feel safe to eat at any restaurant. I don't care if they're opening it. I don't care what these counties think that they're doing and that it's okay. Like I'm going to support with my dollars from home. Like that's, that's what I'm doing. And so this one place where we order from and we get, we get cold cardamom cold brew from them in like a giant growler. We get like uh, frozen meals and th- that are really delicious. We had like Pakistani curry this last week and we had tandoori chicken this last week and they make like these pot pies and they make they just also sort- today I had a lotte from them. Which is, you know, corn on the cob covered in uh, cojita cheese and like mayo. It's basically Mexican street corn. It's delicious, but every time we go there, they give us this little like uh, greeting card, Corona greeting card, and it has like jokes on it. (laughs) The and it's it's um, I'm keeping them in like a box as a keepsake of this time, so that when I go into that box many moons from now, I'll look on back on this and like, remember. So they gave, um, today they gave us a card that's like love in the time of COVID. It's just like this (laughs) hand drawn card, right? It's just like, it's, it's totally DIY. And there's a couple jokes on here or rather I should say like Valentine things on here that I thought I would read just to bring a little humor to this otherwise extremely terrible thing that is happening to everybody. Um, Hey, Andy, you can't spell quarantine without U R A Q T.
1: <laughs> I remember only That one made me only, laugh really loud. Only actually. use the Q tips on the outside of the ear. <laughs> don't don't poke into the canal.
0: Um my heart, but not my throat, aches for you. This is terrible. This is like <laughs> if the coronavirus doesn't take you out, can I? <laughs>
1: Smooth.
0: <laughs> uh, and lastly, the only thing more contagious than COVID is your smile. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> this is going in the keepsake box. I mean, I, or actually, I might end up just sending this to my best friend because I think that she would just absolutely love this because we've just been. I mean, she was supposed to baptize my child this year, and that's not happening. So, you know, we're super bummed about that. So baby oh, it that, is what it is baby
1: you look great in that you look fabulous in that mask people who take responsibility in an area of of covid, of COVID virus just makes me so hot
0: <laughs> andy that was so dense that was intense andy that was intense <laughs> But I love it. But it was intense. That was an intense one.
1: I just just want to say to all our (laughs) listeners, I'm sorry if me using my sexy voice turned all of you on. Now, normally I'm very, very careful because, you know... Once I used it uh, like sarcastically in a restaurant, and then four uh, husbands and wives individually questioned their marital vows, and th- those are <laughs> vows before God. And I can't help but feel responsible. So I, I did not, just as the song says, I did not mean to turn any of you on. <laughs>
0: uh moving on to some more <laughs> serious matters. Um, we again wanted to make everybody. L- laugh at a little bit of cheesiness going on in the midst of all this, but, um, so one thing about this restaurant where we have been ordering food is it's in, um, it's in a downtown part of town next door to my small town. And, um, that town has been, mass protesting police brutality for along with everybody else in the United States I would say the world right now because we have we have folks in Europe who are marching in solidarity we have folks in New Zealand who are marching in solidarity thank you to I don't know why I mean not that I'm like but thank you I'm so like that makes me happy to hear okay yes. that there's so so much solidarity happening worldwide um and so they had their windows boarded up uh, understandably Because of everything that's been going on, Um, you know, with Black Lives Matter written all over it. Um, And it just kind of this has just been the reality of this week, like what we came into this week, because a lot of this started happening late last week. Um, I think it was around Friday is when the protesting really started to pick up some steam. And then over the weekend, at least here in the Bay Area, every single city and suburb in the Bay Area has their own sort of thing going on um and so one of the responses that I've sort of attempted, I don't know because I feel so helpless being the position that I'm in I just I feel like it I feel like I wish I had more power than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing that I do have power to do is use the internet and gather resources to help folks. So one thing that I started looking into, and this is kind of was spearheaded by sites like Wired and Gizmodo posting their own articles, but was how to basically cop-proof your phone because we are living in an age of surveillance Yeah, and, um, one a journalist who I absolutely revere and admire Sarus Farivar. I used to work with him at Ars Technica. He, um, covered, he, he wrote a book called hobbyist data, I believe. Um, but it was basically just about how police surveillance is the norm in every major metropolitan city, uh, in America. I mean, you cross the street and there's probably a camera at the stoplight that is, you know, um, recording you do so, you cross a street in your car, or excuse me, you cross an intersection in your car and your license plate is taken down. Like, there are all these little things that are happening around us that we need to kind of pay attention to. And when it comes to protesting, even though it is our First Amendment right, right to assemble, um, there are ways that things could be used against people. I'm speaking in very general terms, but there are, you know, ways that laws can be used against people to incriminate them, get them off the street to kind of stop this from happening. And uh, one sort of key in doing this is is uh, having your phone confiscated and sort of like search through for evidence. And so I've been seeing a lot of sources going out for basically, again, to reiterate, how to police-proof your phone, how to... Um, what your rights are in terms of it's kind of like passing around knowledge. Like what your rights are in terms of should you unlock your phone for law enforcement? The answer is no, you don't have to because once you do that, you basically it's it's you giving them the warrant to look through your stuff. And so can, it's, I, can I say again? Yes, sorry, yes. sorry to interrupt,
1: but this is a good good time to to mention it. Realize that there's a difference between a cop saying I need to look at your phone and having the actual authority to get to uh, get a look at yes. your phone. It's it's actually a technique used by police bouncers and everybody because you didn't you did not say that legally you are now required to hand me my phone because I've made that request. It's the force of the command that says I need to see your phone that makes people think that oh I'm not voluntarily giving up my right to privacy on this device. I'm it's being demanded by the officer. Right. And so.
0: No, that's thank you, Andy. That's a good reason to interrupt me. I'm just. Uh... You know, I'm having a hard time talking around this because, uh, you know, admittedly, I'm admitting this out loud for everybody is that it makes me a little uncomfortable because it's not a conversation I'm using. I'm used to having. Yeah. And but that also speaks very widely to my privilege and the position that I'm in, which is that this is not stuff that I have ever had to think about, because if I get pulled over and which I have, it's always been a much different situation than uh if a black man or a black woman gets pulled over. And that's by the way, that's why we're protesting, is because this this is uh it's just bad. It's just really bad. And and there's so much oof, there's so much bad stuff happening that I think I don't know. I we don't have to talk about the movement because there's just we could talk about that forever. Um but I will say if anybody needs a resource to pass around to their friends and family who are protesting, I want everybody to know about what they need to do with their phones to keep them safe. Like this is, this is really, I'm serious about this because yeah. this is a way where Andy and I can help because this is what we do. We distill information down for all of you so that you understand how to easily do something. Um, I put together a resource, tiny.cc slash BLM phone and BLM is capitalized um, It's just the way the link shortener works. I had to do it that way. And it's a quick little resource that I kind of picked up. Uh, I just picked out all the little offerings and factoids from around Twitter and, like, different articles written about it to kind of help people figure out how to easily – how to prepare their phones before they go out of the house. The best piece of advice that I have seen – and this comes from the Android community. I didn't even think about this – If you're an Android user, basically wipe backup, wipe your phone, factory reset, start it up and don't log in on your Google account because you can still use the phone. If you have a SIM card inside, you still have cellular access. You could still log into a Wi-Fi network, although you probably shouldn't if you're trying to be off the grid. Um, But if you need just to have cell service on you, um, this is the best way to do it without like logging into Google and having all that basically having your Google account tied to everything you've been doing. Because once you log in, that's it. <laughs> it's location data, like cookies, uh, you know, passwords, all that stuff just gets immediately like sent up to the cloud. I mean, that's the point of the Google account, right? Is to sync all that up. But when you're out and you're trying to be off the grid, you need to not lock it, log into that. So that's the one piece of advice I would like to leave with everybody.
1: Yeah. And yeah, uh, I mean, it's... And it's – even before this, it's such a weird – it's such a weird overall world that I found myself in in the the past five or ten years of my life where a lot of decisions that I make are based on the idea of um, surveillance on me and how to make surveillance work for me Mm. as needed – uh, for instance, I've uh, I obviously when uh, a year or so ago when Android Pi, uh, inter- and I think it was Android Pie when introduced the feature of uh, for uh, you go into lock screen preferences yeah. and add a new tile to uh, like the sur- When you hold down, the- what happens when you hold down the power button and there's a mm-hmm. new tile that basically says lock down the phone.
0: Emergency lockdown. Yeah. Right.
1: Meaning that it won't use biometrics to unlock you. Also, none of, no, your, none of your notifications will go to the lock screen and stuff like that. I put a uh, a shortcut to the voice recorder. Like on the top page oh, of I'm my of, of my system, because if I ever find myself in a situation where I need to make sure there is an audio record of there's of what is happening uh, contrary to whatever testimony is being offered later, that I don't want to have to like be pecking and doing a doing a search whenever my hands might be shaking, I can just simply tap. Oh, one
0: hundred percent, right? You know,
1: So I can just tap a button and boom, put the phone or even if if the situation I I can even imagine a situation where it looks like I'm just checking a notification. But I'm just uh, because I'm being nonchalantly checking something, tapping to dismiss something and putting it back in my pocket where actually, no, I'm turning on a recording and then putting it back in my pocket. So that the microphone is facing upward in my shirt, pocket instead of being in my pocket, there's it, it even goes down to. Um, I, I've mentioned before that I bought a, um, I bought a, a digital Walkman a, a few months ago and I've been sort of planning that purchase yes, for about. And
0: it's in my Amazon algorithm, by the way, because of the one time that I <laughs> looked it up and I was logged in, but anyway, do uh, go speaking on? Of,
1: speaking of, okay, I well, think
0: of you every time it comes up, but that's yeah, oh good. neither that's here nor cool. there. So, well, <laughs> uh,
1: but yeah, so it was, it really, came, it, it was between two, mo- uh, it was between two models. For $100, because the the model that I have is just a digital music player. And right. that in itself has a lot of advantages And that you turn it on and it's a music player. You don't have to tap anything to start or stop music. But for $100 more... Uh, the next model of Sony Walkman is an actual. It's like a. It's like a, uh, a an iPod Touch. It's a, it's an Android phone without the mm, phone parts mm, in it. Mm-hmm. And the idea of having a, a device with a micro SD card that could that could store like a terabyte worth of media, and I could actually watch movies on it in addition to all my music. That that right. was that sounded good too. But what ultimately, uh, in addition to the price, uh okay I'll admit there, there are a number of reasons why I, I I got the the lesser one, but one of them was none of those reasons were more important than I like the idea that if I ever find myself in a situation and I'm not talking about i'm I'm attending a protest, I mean that I'm simply walking through a large group of large gathering of people or I simply uh want to create a new day to day policy where wherever whenever I'm out of my house, I want to be tracked as little as possible. if I have a device that doesn't have wi fi doesn't have a sim card but has all my music and my podcasts on it, I can more it's it'll be more easy for me to turn off my phone completely when I leave the house and just use that as my media player and it's it's uh, and gee, today today I was even I'll, I'll I was leading down to one of those two hour rat holes that were wanted to, but just just to punctuate what I'm saying uh' it, whereas it, it, that would have seemed really paranoid to me like a few years ago and now that's no that's it wouldn't be the reason why I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't severely inconvenience myself and buy a, a device that can't do what I wanted to do. Based on that, but no, that's a good reason on the other list of reasons. But today I was actually, one of the uh, Amazon deals of the day was, probably not coincidentally, a police body cam. Uh, uh, oh
0: my, yeah. that is way too on the nose, I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, but perhaps like buying a 12-pack and sending it to your local police station yeah. just to am I'm,
0: I'm laughing, <laughs> I'm laughing in horror, by the way, anybody. Yeah, I'm, but
1: yeah. See, and and. And an accessory you can get for it is like an external camera, so you can have the recorder in your pocket or in in your backpack but all you've but all you have have to have clipped to you is like this little like one and a half inch square right thing that also has a one button for starting and stopping the video and a button for taking a picture much
0: cheaper, probably on AliExpress. by him. Yeah, exactly.
1: It looked like it, it's always, it's always fun when you, when you look at it, when, when Amazon like recommends, Oh, similar products and say, Oh, well these are like the exact same body, the exact same lenses, the exact same, everything, just different logos on them. Uh, Yes, that tells you perhaps I should go to AliExpress and see if I can get this for like 18 for $50. But they but the idea is that it didn't it didn't seem ridiculous to me. I didn't buy it, but it didn't seem ridiculous to me that to think that as part of my ongoing arsenal for life, that perhaps it would not be a terrible idea for my own protection to have the ability to at some point saying, at some point, there's going to be a difference of opinion on what I was doing or what was happening or something that's happening in front of me. I would like to be able to just simply tap a button on a little tiny device that's on the strap of my my book bag or my, uh, or my uh, backpack just so that people know what really happened. I mean I was – I'm not even talking about like civil disobedience. I'm talking about like there was a time where I was – Ugh, I still don't know what there, there was. A t- I was I was uh, in this in the subway, uh, New York subway, and uh, a guy was harassing a woman and mm. she was clearly had it had clearly surpassed the point of she can ignore him. And it passed the point of leave me alone and had gotten to the point of just forcefully and angrily saying, leave me alone and trying to continue to move so that where she doesn't want from the place she is to someplace else. And I saw him just continue. He was, this is, this gentleman was clearly like mentally unhinged. And I, I was, I was monitoring this because you don't want to, uh, I don't, I didn't want to step in. If there was any chance that stepping in would escalate something from a Mm nonviolent situation Mm -hmm. into a violent situation, because, Mm -hmm. I don't know what he would do to anybody. I'm t- I'm talking about her safety as well as my own. But mm-hmm. at this point, it's like okay, he's now stalking her. Fortunately, was my f- I just I just come off of Amtrak, so I had my backpack and I had my camera and I had like my laptop bag around me, and I looked like a a dip spit tourist. And so I w- I walked up to him with a dumb look on my face. Saying, Excuse me, does the L train go uptown or downtown on this track? <laughs> and because i've i've had that kind of experience before where if someone is disconnected yeah. from reality if you give him something to bring them back to reality it, they might completely right. forget what they're up to and he like he was like blinking for like 2 seconds and said um i'm not sure i think this one actually there's an express to brooklyn so i think this is going to be a downtown platform and so we talked for like a good like 5 or 10 minutes like, uh, no, I, I, I was hoping he would not get on the same train as I was going on, but I knew that at the very least, you know, the part of the thinking was, okay, so whoever this guy was harassing, she's now gone and out of the picture yeah, yeah, and probably I don't, I'm I'm out of shape, but I'm probably as simply on terms of body mass. If he gets violent, right. I, have, I could probably sustain more punishment than this thin young woman Mm -hmm, anyway mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. but but what i'm getting at is that if if this was a time where i would have definitely turned on that body cam a to demonstrate that no i didn't just antagonize this strange man on the subway or b if he does produce a knife and drop me here is by the way here is exactly what happened and here is his image so that you know who to go look for please thank you
0: this uh we could we could talk so much more about this stuff because it's just this we can go down the rabbit hole of Body cameras, et cetera, et cetera. But we have, I mean, we have so much to get through yeah, today. Exactly. Because but- even though all this stuff has been happening in our world, uh, Google's actually been quite busy too. Yeah.
1: Um. I mean, all, all of the, I'm just, uh, just, uh, just all, uh, all of a sudden, the idea of like a Google Glass and having a wearable device that has a camera that yeah. you can activate that doesn't seem as crazy as it did during the launch event.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> Uh, And on that note, I feel like this is a really good time for us to take a quick little break, hear a word from our sponsor, and then we will jump into it. Indeed.
1: This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's infrastructure, Linode has the pricing, support, and scale you need to take your project to the next level. They have 11 data centers worldwide, including their newest data center in Sydney, Australia. And with their enterprise-grade hardware, S3-compatible storage option, and their next-generation network, Linode delivers the performance you expect at a surprisingly good price. Get started on Linode today with a $20 credit for listeners of this show, and you'll get access to root access to your server, along with API version 4 and Python command line interface, GPU compute plans suitable for AI, machine learning, and video processing, dedicated CPU plans with physical cores reserved just for you, block storage and object storage that can scale to your storage requirements, and more. Go to Linode.com material and use promo code material2020 when creating a new Linode account and you'll get a $20 credit towards your next project. Oh, and Linode are hiring right now. So if that's something that interests you, go to Linode.com careers to find out more. Once again, that's Linode.com material and the promo code material2020 for that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM.
0: So this week was supposed to be the week that we were tearing apart the Android eleven beta. Uh, we were supposed to get some insight into what's new. We we're supposed to studying the ins and outs of uh, what would be the next version of our favorite mobile operating system. But <laughs> uh, well, and I don't know that that's actually changed because it. It turns out that we did have a little leakage happening anyway, um, but we didn't have an event. So there was no Android 11 beta event. We record this podcast on Wednesdays, usually, and today is Wednesday, June 3rd, when Google was supposed to have an online Android 11 beta event. We were going to hear from uh, many of the Android stars, <laughs> stars, like... Android Hollywood. Anyway, that's that's the imagery that just came in my head. By the way, um, no, we were supposed to hear from some of the more prominent Android developers. You're going to hear from um, Dave Burke. You know, Chet Hayes had a um, had a session that we were all going to do online and participate in, but that's not happening, and that's not happening because um, Google decided to putting it on hold would be the best action item. F- because right now, America is in the midst of a massive civil war. Um, makes sense. <laughs> say. Makes sense. Um, and I do kind of feel like this is only the beginning uh, for this year. I mean, there's just so much. 2020 has all, already been such a hellstorm. Uh, it, it makes sense that uh, Google would pause this event. So... Last week, they announced they were pausing it after, of course, after Andy and I did last week's episode, they did this, um, but they <laughs> they announced actually late on Friday on via a a tweet. We are excited to tell you more about Android 11, but now is not the time to celebrate. We're postponing the June 3rd event and beta release. We will be back with more on Android 11 soon. So to our knowledge, this is just something that has been postponed. It's possible we will have a event at a later time. I... And personally, just hoping we'll have an event at a later time because I could use anything that would make 2020 feel like a normal year. But at the same time, again, yeah. civil unrest. There's a lot of stuff going on.
1: Yeah, and and, and in nor in the uh, the more uh, normal part, God.
0: I, I was about, know. I, was about I don't to say
1: nor, nor, normal in that. All I'm talk, the only thing, that, the only in in the view of a normal, simple worldwide pandemic. Uh, I'm sure they're also dealing. I, I wonder what the, what's doing for the timetable. That suddenly groups that were meeting together right. on the Google campus now has to do everything remotely, and they have to figure out a way. To, they had to figure out a way that they can work securely and make sure that no one is saying. No, the 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 opportunities for bad people to say perhaps is there going to be given that now it's it's definitely possible for people outside the Google campus to access their developer stack. Mm. Is it going to be possible for us to inject code into something that then becomes completely blessed? Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. probably going Mm -hmm. to cause its own delays as well. Oh
0: God, that's such a good point, Andy. Um, I didn't even think about that. It's going to be a very interesting uh, year for remote work in Silicon Valley and just how the, just the security implications around that. Um, But anyway, so that's been postponed. We'll see if anything happens with that. But some users on the beta list actually got it pushed, got the Android 11 beta pushed to their Pixel phones anyway, which is what I was alluding to earlier when I said some of us have you know already had the ability to play with some of yep. these new features and Xda developers naturally they are always the, the ones to kind of bless us with these things <laughs> firsthand and I, I that's part of the reason I love Xta uh they will just they will tear everything apart and just just give us the full rundown and I love it so they published a feature rundown of the new features and um here's just kind of a quick little look at some of the things. So first we have a media player controller that, um, we okay. So we have a media player controller for running for a running piece of media, which appears in the settings pull down. So if you are playing music or perhaps you are watching something via YouTube TV, let's say, then you will have that media con- player controller, uh, in the settings yeah. menu.
1: That that was that was kind of weird. It, it it I think it turned up in the developer preview. Realize that this isn't the first time. The beta isn't the first time it's been seen in the wild. Obviously the developers have previous access. And but the thing is when something is in the developer release, you don't know, it's they still have like it's like they've moved the chess piece but they're still putting their keep, keeping their finger on on the bishop. So that they don't know, we don't know if that's going to actually show up. So what? So with this, this was a, this was a kind of a controversial one. Like normally, you know that in Android ten and previous, if you if you're listening to some music or a podcast or watching a video and you want to pause it, you can just flick down into notifications and it'll there'll be a player in the notifications. Apparently, uh, the Android team has decided that that belongs in the 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 hardware settings panel. I don't know how okay,
0: that worked, but. but wait but wait it gets better it gets better <laughs> uh because there's also a screenshot on the the XDA article that shows it living in the notification
1: shade
0: <laughs> just like bleh. Like right there in the notification shade.
1: Yeah, there's some confusion here. It is in the beta, but uh, maybe I don't. It seems like a lot of places to put something. That's all I'm saying.
0: I mean, it's just... it's a very controversial topic amongst us Android faithful right now because we're looking for anything to just, like, not think about. I mean, we obviously, we are thinking about what's going on in the world. But, you know, you do need your – everybody needs distraction and rest sometimes, okay? It's for mental health. And so you distract yourself. with What is my UI going to look like going forward? That's what we do in the Android sphere anyway. I've
1: seen the new tighter arc on the standard rounded rectangle <laughs> panel controller, and I'm very concerned, and I've decided to coalesce my thoughts.
0: Yeah, I In mean the form you should be. Of a
1: medium posing.
0: You should be concerned because there's also, and I'm kind of going out of order here because Andy, of course, it always structures our podcast notes very beautifully, and I'm always the one that just goes blah, blah, like a cookie monster attacking a plate of cookies. I'll, I'll say
1: this publicly: just uh, this, what I've done is I've I've set up a breakfast buffet. You know, it's mm, like a, your okay. co- the complimentary breakfast buffet if you don't if you don't want the little box of raisin bran you don't have to have it it's just, it's just there so that if you're hungry for this detail or this quote we can use it
0: all right well let me tell you what i'm hungry for <laughs> i'm hungry to talk about what these new icon shapes apparently are <laughs> like what i'm okay and and i and i want to preface this by saying uh apologies to anybody who may be listening who is on the design <laughs> team Google on these things because i because I I feel I feel bad for effectively coming down on <laughs> someone's hard work. I do. I, I generally do because obviously this would break my heart if somebody also, did this also, about also, my work. Every, but
1: every single thing is is like somebody's somebody at some dinner party is referring to after like talking about what they do like that's you know you know how like uh if you get if you get the Dixon Ticonderoga a a 2017 number 2 pencil and there's an extra like mm-hmm. layer of ribbing before the second ferrule that wasn't there on the 2011 revision that was my baby. That was, and what, that was me. And there are a lot of people who didn't understand why that change was important for the millennials and the Generation Zs out there. But it took a younger executive like me to not only have that vision, but also say, no, this is how we're going to do things, everybody. And if you don't want to be part of the future with me, you can just jump off the bus right now because we're going to be leaving without you. You know, and that's the sort of guts that I was hired for. And everyone's like, I didn't even notice. And now that you've explained it, I still don't even care. Ouch. <laughs> no, no, uh, I'm, talking about, like, I'm, I'm talking about the pencil no, guy. No, I know, not I know, I know, I know. I know. I, know. Icons.
0: <laughs> I know. Ouch, the pencil guy. I feel bad for him. Uh, that's, that's his big claim to fame in life. But anyway, so these icons are tapered rectangle, pebble, and vessel. And I'm saying the words and. You're like, that doesn't sound so bad. That sounds nice. So the tapered rectangle uh, basically looks like um, the corners of a shadow box that you would get a piece of your baby blanket in. So that's kind of I was, like, I was going to like,
1: say a stop sign by someone who didn't really care to draw it properly. Okay. So some of the sides <laughs> are too long. I went
0: too far maybe with my uh, with my metaphor, but that's what it reminded me yes. of. There's there's also the um, the pebble... Which generally looks like, if anybody remembers, back in the, before 2010s, there was an MP3 player called the Samsung Pebble. <laughs> I had one. They were really cute. They were these little pebbles, and you could wear them around your neck. That's what it looks like, the icon. And then there's my, one my, called... My version
1: would be a circle drawn freehand, again, by someone who didn't care it if it does if it look terribly like a, like a circle.
0: Well, of the three, that's the one that I would pick. Because the Me one too. that I'm having the most trouble with is the vessel. Now the I vessel agree. looks like uh it looks like a, ch- a chicken in a biscuit or whatever those yeah. are called. You know the shape of the biscuit how it's like uh, freely on the edges kind of. Yeah. Round, you know I don't it know looks, how to describe these things it, but- it looks
1: it looks maybe like 3 plain Dunkin donuts stacked on top of each other only in profile.
0: Yes. Yes. It it is. It's it's a uh, it's definitely a look look spelled L-E-U-L-E-W-K. It's definitely a look. Uh, anyway, that's going to be part of the theme customization options. So that's something that you can look forward to in the Android 11 beta. Um, ooh, also. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yes, okay. yes, 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 yes. At,
1: okay. Or it's a silhouette of SpongeBob square pants. Only his necktie and the waistband of his underpants is are way too tight. And you're not seeing his feet. You seeing it now? Or am I off-facer? Yes, yes. There you go.
0: Okay, now one of the last features as part of this Android 11 beta is one that I am kind of citing as more evidence that we're just moving into an increasingly assistant-focused Android operating system. I mean, everything Google does now is assistant-focused, but Android has sort of existed on its own. Like, this is an entity, and but it's the smartphone, and, like, it has the assistant, But this is a very assistant-first kind of UI decision. And so this is the long press of the power button will reveal an additional device controls button. Buttons. (laughs) Buttons for device controls. And so the devices refer to any smart things that you have in your home. So anything like smart lights, uh, smart plugs, apps will now be able to take advantage of this through Android 11's new controls API. And... It doesn't sound maybe at first like this is an assistant first thing. However, come on, we know how this is going to be integrated and we know how this is going to be written and we know that this is like, this is going to be translated into a voice command of some sort to make it a little easier. This reminds me, a lot of folks have been mentioning that this sounds like action blocks. And I just want to remind everybody out there that action blocks is supposed to be an accessibility first feature. It is not a feature for me and... Andy, I mean, it is, we can use it, we can take advantage of it, but that's not what the feature was originally supposed to be for. It's just kind of a icing on the cake. This sounds more of what that implementation would be like. So instead of making your own widget, you would have something that would exist inside or would exist inside of another interface panel. I'm not very good at I have when I'm writing about the interface, it's a I have a little bit easier time using terminology. When I'm talking about it, I'm all over the place, so I apologize. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just um, I I don't know. I'm gonna try and see if I get the beta. I have plans to switch phones this week. My Pixel Three is just really, really showing its its need for to be.
1: It needs to go home Expire.
0: to Jesus. It, it needs. It needs to go to my phone wall, <laughs> um, and I'm thinking about putting the beta on it and just kind of running it that way and switching to the four once and for all. Uh, we'll see what happens. I also have a couple of one pluses, so but that's not there here nor there. Um, okay, so the next little bit of news in our block is uh, Google – published a blog post, uh, I believe this afternoon, Andy, is when you linked me to this, Um, June 3rd, 2020. So Sundar Pichai sent an email to all Google employees today with this link to the official blog. And the blog post is headlined, Standing with the Black Community. So we're going to redo the lead. We're going to give you a quick rundown of what this is. And then we're and then we're going to, to talk about it. So first, first things first, um, the lead. I realize that nothing about this week feels like business as usual, and it shouldn't. Our Black community is hurting, and many of us are searching for ways to stand up for what we believe and reach out to people we love to show solidarity. Yesterday, I met with a group of our Black leaders to talk about where we go from here and how we can contribute as, at Google. We discussed many ideas, and we are working through where to put our energy and resources in the weeks and months ahead. I'll share more on that below. Then the blog post goes on to detail. Uh, There's a company-wide moment of silence at 1 p.m. Pacific, which lasted eight minutes and 46 seconds. This was the length of the moment of silence to represent the amount of time that George Floyd suffered before he was killed. Uh, The company will be giving $12 to organizations working to address racial inequality and will provide technical support to those organizations through Google.org. The company is also matching the 2.5 million in individual donations made by Googlers. Quote This represents the largest Googler giving campaign in our company's history, with both the largest amount raised by employees and the broadest participation. Uh, the blog post concludes the events of the past few weeks reflect deep structural challenges. We'll work closely with our black community to develop initiatives and product ideas that support long-term solutions and will keep you updated as part of this effort. We welcome your ideas <laughs> on how to use our products and technology to improve access and opportunity. Now we have, we have the blog post out there and I would like to share quickly my thoughts uh, Andy before before I hear yours, which is this is um, this is something that has been rolling out from all sorts of different tech companies over the last couple of days. We saw Mark Zuckerberg trying to like come out and say, there's a really whatever Mark has said. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> apparently, it's my impression of Mark Zuckerberg. Um, we've we've seen a lot of tech companies come out and say, we're donating this amount of money. We're doing this to help black lives. And that's all well and good. Um, from a, from a PR perspective, uh, but it really is the real work that when you come down to it, that really matters. And as we've talked a lot on this podcast, we've talked a lot about the things, um, we've talked a lot about the fact that Google has a very, uh, that while it does have a diverse workforce in a sense, it does not have, um, a diverse workforce. When you count in how many uh, black black folks and people of color actually work at the company, so when you look at that breakdown in the chart, uh, it's there's still a lot of work to be done there. Uh, of course, we're also talking about. I mean, there's just it's just it's so systemic that I and I didn't prepare a list beforehand and I apologize. That's why I'm kind of stumbling over my words, sure. but I'm just thinking off the top of my head about like all the things that we have talked about on this podcast in the last couple of years that Google could have done better up until now. So while this, this is all well and good and I'm glad to see that like all this money is being put out. Um, I saw this on Twitter yesterday, but I, I agreed with the sentiment uh, and I believe Andy that I, I sent it to you uh, in Slack but basically the idea is that it's one thing it's one thing for people to quit you know and and to have like all these movements but grassroots change doesn't really work in a big tech company because the power is so consolidated and that is something that we have talked about time and time again on this podcast because it doesn't really as we stand in solidarity with the, with Googlers. Um, but when it comes down to it, they have managers they have to answer to. And those managers have executives that they answer to. And the executives are ultimately the ones that, that put forth, you know, the new rules and regulations, so to speak. And if those executives aren't the ones that are calling for change, then no change is going to happen. And because of society is capitalist, it all comes the bottom, the bottom line is money at the end. So, call me cynical. Um I'm glad to see money being redistributed in this way, but uh, you know, look at what's happening. Of course, everybody has to have a statement. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like we have to put out a statement. You can't just be silent.
1: Yeah. No, I I that that makes perfect sense. There is a um I also it also makes sense that when you're as big as Google or Apple or Facebook or Twitter, mm-hmm. um, being absolutely silent is, in effect, saying sending a message. It essentially says, we do not want to be involved. We do not want to take – we don't want to even be perceived as taking a stand. Uh, and that is unacceptable to anybody who works inside the company or anybody who uses that company's services. Uh, so you have to make a statement – and the other side of that is that after you make the statement, after you decide to uh, go dark, uh, f- uh, pull, go dark and pull your services for a certain amount of time in solidarity or make this post uh, or any of these other things, it's a the symbolic things are important because they show the – it's another voice in a chorus, okay, and that – sounds like a denigrating sort of effect. Well, you're just one voice among thousands. Yeah. But you wouldn't have heard the one voice. You hear a thousand voices. And then when you hear Mm -hmm, a hundred thousand voices, other people who find it easy to, uh, to ignore the one or the thousand can now no longer, uh, no longer uh, uh, fail to hear it. This is why the protests that are happening quite literally in every state in the entire nation this is uh, there. There are there are, there are bad sides to uh, mass protests because as any group of people gets larger, the the number of wingnuts is going to increase as well. That's just simply a fact of life. But the fact that yeah. the, the fact that this is not oh well just these people in California, and New York, or oh well just these crazy people in Alabama and Tennessee. It's no it was alabama and tennessee and louisiana and alaska and vermont and north dakota and nevada because and of everywhere. what
0: happened in minneapolis which is right, the midwest exactly.
1: <laughs> so. um so 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 these it's it becomes something that people that uh, people in power either ignore could ignore out of ignorance or wanted to ignore out mm-hmm. of convenience or deliberately we're doing nothing about because of arrogance now they realize that here are the stakes involved in my position or if my job is to govern uh it is this is clearly a message being sent that this is what I'm being charged to do right now and I need to do something that is all that is all true however it's as of nothing if you don't also back it up with action if right uh, if two or three if two or three or four months from now just like You know, this story managed to sweep coronavirus off the front page. If something else uh, sweeps this off the front page, what are you doing then? Are you and as it's natural for any regular listener of this show to do as what I'm sure Flo and I are doing is saying that, okay, well, I'm glad, Google, that you're looking for answers looking for input on to how to address racial inequality worldwide Let's also hear about what you're doing to address it inside yes. Google. Yes, where you don't have to convince legislators in a hundred different countries to do the right thing or excuse me, to discover what the right thing is and then do it, where you can actually just put your name on a piece of paper and say, this is now official policy and do it. So
0: and and we talk about this on this podcast because uh, a, it's our job to hold companies accountable. I mean, that's literally what we get paid to do. Uh, and B, it's um, it, we've said this again, time and time again, as fans and users of these products, we want to see some precedent set by uh, where we're spending our money and, um, you know, I've talked to a couple folks about how they felt about the way that Silicon Valley has sort of reacted to what's going on, and you know, all the blog posts and the and the um, the donating of money and all that, and a lot of the sentiment across the board seems to be that's great, but what about after this is all over? Yeah. And so I think that that is going to be the because this is going to be over. This is going to become tepid after a while i'm sorry about how cynical that sounds i'm realizing but that's kind of the ebb and flow of humanity yeah <laughs> so that's kind of where that that's where i'm picking it from
1: we're easily distracted and uh, there are times in history when there are multiple things to be stirred to action about and yeah. it's hard sometimes it's hard to maintain these things um i will yes go i'm sorry go ahead
0: no, I um I would like for you to finish your thought because I was going to segue to the next okay. our next little no, action. I was
1: item. I, I I was just saying that um realize that uh, the I think one of the ultimate expressions of symbolism and actual action and power going hand in hand are when you make donations to a cause that you believe in because. Um, I, uh, I have not participated in any on the street protests. Uh, it's, uh, um, I'm, I've not found and I've not found one that I felt that I, my place was there where I would do anything that would be uh, making a contribution there. Um, however, I've been, I have been uh, contributing to a couple of different organizations, none, uh, uh None on this issue that I'm willing to make public yet because I haven't fully vetted them. Um, whereas with coronavirus, I was making donations to local food banks because Mm -hmm. food banks are always my favorite, favorite charities because they're so, they're so uncomplicated. They, and
0: it all starts with food insecurity. A lot of this all start food insecurity is where you really see like where there is food insecurity. There is inequality. Is Essentially.
1: Yeah. I yeah. mean, this is, and this, uh, and this is where you get, uh, I'm speaking broadly here that you, you, I've, I like the, the bang for the buck I get for it, where I, I give the food bank, yeah. the local food bank money, that local food bank uses that money to buy food locally. And then local people go to the food bank and yeah. get free food. Yeah, you know, there's,
0: <laughs> there's, and then there's, they are fed, and that they they can go to work, and they can study at school, and it's like yeah. it's yeah,
1: it's it's and and I'm sure that in your community there is uh, there is an organization that can also use your money that can also be just as effective within your community, uh, and I leave it to you and your own uh, understanding of the world to figure out what that's going to be for you. Um, but not, it's not – and even if you say that, I can't, oh, geez, I, I can't do anything – I can't make a, any sort of a size of a donation to to move the needle at all because I'm barely getting by as it is, realize that um, A, even your $5 is $5 they didn't have. It's $5 closer towards someone's bail money or it's $5 closer to uh, to simply having ac- fit more, uh, more stamps of the postage meter so they can send out more – calls to action more things like that but also people who work in those organizations every single donation no matter how big or how small is another person who uh did something who was moved to actually go through imagine think about how awful the online interface is for entering a credit card number and getting an authorization <laughs> oh, God. and think of and think I, and that was just when, that was when you wanted to buy something that you wanted and you were going to get something that is such a wonder, I, I got I got a thank you note from one of the organizations it was like a personal one in which it was uh I I don't I don't know uh, it was a a friend of a, a friend of mine is doing this work and again the only reason why I'm not publicizing it is that I try, I, I try not to publicize a charity unless I've absolutely been one, top to bottom, inside and out, vetting it. And she emailed me back saying, well, we spread it. We passed around your email because I sent an email with it. To oh, I passed around your email. You don't know how much it really meant to us. Uh, and, wasn't, and again, it wasn't because I did anything special. It was just the simple fact that an acknowledgment that anybody from the outside really cared enough that they were motivated to want to give any amount of money. I'm am sorry. I just realized how self-aggrandizing that statement might have just said. It wasn't because oh, Andy, you're you you are God. <laughs> you know, I didn't want to have to say this. Pub- it's such a phony thing to say. What I, what I'm trying to get out is that again, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't, and the amount of money uh, is important, but it's also important for all those people who are pushing that rock up the hill for no money and long hours and a already stressful time, not knowing if what they're doing is going to have any, any effect, but knowing they have to do something, just the sign from outside that there is solidarity, that there are people who are grateful for what they're doing. So I'm saying give the $5, but also send them a note and tell them what you believe and why, they, why you chose this charity and how much you value the work that they're doing. Because they need the financial support, but they also need the, the emotional support.
0: And, uh, you know, it'll help, help kind of give you a little insight in who's running the place. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. nonprofits aren't exactly, you know, the bastion of, <laughs> of yeah. holiness that uh, they all claim to be. Um, I apologize for all my cynical... <laughs> My cynical feelings, um, but if I sound cynical, it's because of this next little news item. Um, but it, there's there's a possibility there could be some positive outcome from this. So basically, what I'm alluding to is the New York Times re- uh, reported that Google rescinded 2,000 contractor and temp job offers. Um, now, from the article, Google had said, we're slowing our pace of hiring and investment and are not bringing on as many new starters as we had planned at the beginning of the year. Uh, Google had sent this email to contracting agencies last week. This is what the New York Times grabbed. Uh, the company told the firms that it will not be moving forward to onboard the people that the agencies had rec- recruited to work at Google. I think it's important to note that when we're talking about contractors, um, I I'm talking about... Developers. I'm talking about people who work at consulting firms, so like software consulting firms. Um, maybe Google hired them to work on a specific project because maybe it made no sense to have a you know a full time employee on that particular project. That's you know that's why these things exist in Silicon Valley. But it's also important to note that those contract workers also include you know bus drivers, like people who you know what I mean? It just, it includes anybody who has to sign a contract, who is not a full-time salaried employee at Google. Um, The New York times article underscored the fact that Google's 130,000 temp and contract workers outnumber it's 123,000 actual employees. Again, it's important to know that that number 130,000 also refers to the contracts that they have with outside agencies. Um, they also, the New York Times also reminded us that these workers, the 123,000 contract workers, weren't offered the same emergency pandemic benefits given to Googlers, including extended paid leave and budget for home officing, and many were let go without any warning or severance aid. Um, the reason I am practicing so much cynicism in today's episode is because we just talked about something that Sundar Pichai wrote in a blog post for the public to see about how much money is being put towards, um, helping racial, helping solve racial inequality, I guess is the way that you would put that. Yeah. Um, again, notice my tone of cynicism. Um, but then we have this story sort of juxtaposed with it, which is that, in the end, folks, it really is about the bottom line, which is money. Um, because we're, remember, we're still in a pandemic. I know that some of us kind of forgot. I definitely forgot until we started doing this podcast earlier and talking about our hair. Um, that economically, a lot of the companies that we work for are suffering through this. I mean, ad revenue is down. Google had its. Alphabet had its earnings call today. Um, I, actually, I actually haven't looked through the um, the notes for that. I will probably look into that later this week uh, when I have a little more brain space for it. But my understanding is because ad revenue is down, I mean, so is spending yeah. is also going to be down. I mean, that's how Google makes its money. So all of this makes sense. I think the, the important takeaway that this highlights is that um, s- contract the the contract thing <laughs> contract workers um maybe it's time we kind of look at a little reform in Silicon Valley so that companies like Facebook and Google don't rely so much on those contract workers because it's a really it's a really it's not a good way to be employed I'm saying that as a independent contractor myself, it kind of sucks to like, (laughs) it's great because you get all this flexibility, yada, yada. Um, But you know, you don't get benefits. You don't get the benefit of a safety net below you. And that's, you know, people need that. People need that for security, for income security. And, and just,
1: and just overall security. It's one, Yeah. it's, I, I mean, I have, I feel a sense of job security in the sense that I have seven, eight or nine like jobs. (laughs) Right.
0: I feel a sense of job security because I've been in this industry for so long. I can email somebody say, Hey, you know me, can I write for you? Like I have that, ability. Uh, but if I were to take on a contract position, it's right. still just That's... a contract position. And I know that it would come to an end.
1: You're being, you're being hired full time essentially to say, Oh, and by the way, you're fired on this date.
0: Yeah, Unless this contract
1: and, is renewed. But in that case,
0: yeah. and and I do want to bring up the reason that this is like a big story in the New York times is also because of what is going on with, um, there is, there is reform around this right now. Cause we're talking about like Uber and Lyft, really, uh, sort of blew up the industry in the sense of, Oh, like this is contract work. you know, it's gig, the gig economy. And I think because of the gig economy, there's more focus on contract work because of that. But, um, but it's just an interesting, again, juxtaposition, like, Hey, we're trying to do a lot for, for disenfranchised communities, but I, I bet, I don't know. it. Hmm. I'm trying not to say anything on the record that I'm going to regret. <laughs> but I bet if we look at a breakdown of some of those contract workers, we'll see that there are a lot of inequities there too. So, that's that's just what I'm going to leave it at. Okay. On my end. Okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, what a week, folks. Um yeah. we're only halfway through. It's only hump day. Mm. For some of us. Yeah.
1: And, um, and and by the way, a couple of stories got deleted because we spent so much time talking about things that we feel passionate about. <laughs> we'll have to and talk we about next we will
0: listen. We will. Yeah, we we've got so much to talk about. We'll keep talking about yeah, it. Exactly. Because, again, uh, the Android community never fails to deliver when you need a distraction from <laughs> the world being on fire. The Android community is like, you know what? This is my time. I got to go. I got to go dig in to that API and see what's going on. And you know what? I appreciate those people because it is very hard to pay attention when there's the world is on fire around you. Okay. So I appreciate that. Uh, It gives me something to look forward to. And one thing I'm looking forward to, which I wasn't at first when I first saw the renders. I'll get into what it is. So there are more rumors behind the Google Nest branded Android TV dongle. And before I sort of talk about it, I'm just going to go ahead and and spill the deets. There is a pinky version of this dongle. It's, <laughs> it's like a blush pink. And at first I was like, why? Like, why would you want a pink dongle on the back of your TV? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And then I was reminded uh, the fact that my desk is actually covered in a lot of like cutesy pink things. And then I realized... Oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like, why wouldn't you have a dongle that matches the aesthetic, the pink <laughs> aesthetic of your room? Um, so now I'm on board, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, you heard it here. I'm on board.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, I mean, about this Android, TV, uh, XDA developers got, got uh, like a- official, what looks like to be uh, official renders uh, by, again, digging, <laughs> digging through uh, the binaries of, <laughs> Digging through the the binaries that they were able to get out of of, of they're selling some a copy of the firmware and it has these binaries inside it and so they have this really beautiful like beauty shot of like all the different colors and the pink one is is a pebble smooth pebble like device which made me think that if if like uh, a really really frou-frou like frozen dairy treat company was trying to market like an ice cream bar and for for dames. And I use that word because that would would be like in the market. Okay. The thing is we're finding out that dames are not buying our premium chocolate. Now, the thing that dames, but I was trying to think about these dames, they like pink stuff. So if we just make like a pink chocolate bar, okay. And with smooth curves and stuff, they'll eat it up. Literally. So that's it. Well, just, I don't know
0: because it would be white chocolate if it was pink, I would imagine. And I'm yeah. not really a fan of white chocolate because it's not actually chocolate.
1: Well, anyway, how, how much chocolate is actually in yeah. something that advertises itself as a frozen okay. dairy? Listen, treat?
0: as a dame, <laughs> I felt that I needed to comment on that. So okay. <laughs> moving on,
1: <laughs> it's just, I just, you look at it and you don't immediately, again, the color and the shape, you don't immediately think that. It, um, it does uh, look
0: like a Magnum uh ice cream bar. Yeah, something like that. You know, that. yeah, it does look like I would bite into it and they would have like an, a vanilla ice cream center.
1: Maybe. It's like <laughs> I I'll see, I'll maybe maybe I'm showing my age here because like I I have it, it's less routine than it used to be that this like like a Dell or Gateway or whomever but say, why aren't our why aren't our computers and why aren't our services like appealing to women? I know instead of making it in black and steel, we'll make one that we'll just make one that's pink. Like, oh, and women would that's, be, that's, and women that's, would be, yeah, that's exactly why. It's not the sexism in your industry. It's not that you're making things that are totally impractical for for for, for, for uh, certain purposes. It's because you don't have one in pink. We feel see? so marketed. We feel so so appreciated now.
0: That's kind of why I rolled my eyes at first because I was like, "Really? <laughs> it's pink? It's a it's a it's a freaking TV dongle." Uh, but then I realized that like the the point of this is that you're supposed to be able to just kind of plug it into whatever. And if True. you've got a millennial pink blush room, like you're probably gonna want something that matches it. So I can and and it matches the rest of the design paradigm too. Yeah. Oh no, it's absolutely. not like
1: and and, and another and it, I now that I think of it, another thing could be that it's. Because it's so compact, it is an Android TV uh, – rumored to be an Android TV device, not yeah. just like a Chromecast dongle. It could be something that uh, a, a younger person who – a younger person might just simply have in their laptop I'm bag. coming
0: over and I'm bringing my Android TV dongle with me. <laughs> I'll be over in like 15 minutes. I'm hailing my Uber right now. <laughs> Sorry. It's just I'm like <laughs> um. Can Stop talk making about the code those name? cold
1: pressed juices that us kids are so damn fond of.
0: Can we talk <laughs> about the code name? Code name Sabrina, mm-hmm.
1: the teenage like,
0: witch. Like, What? Okay, you're saying the teenage witch. You know what I was thinking? It was the movie with Harrison Ford.
1: And I was also thinking about the movie that originally came from, which I can't remember. Ri- with the uh,
0: uh, yeah, the original that that old school Sabrina. Okay, Sabrina was 1995. Sabrina old school sabrina old movie if you type that into google that's the autocomplete yes okay you're talking about sabrina the 1954 film uh sabrina lavier and rose in the united kingdom that's what it was called uh anyway it stars Humphrey bogart audrey there. hepburn and william holden that's what So and yeah you're right when when i think sabrina i do think audrey hepburn that's actually <laughs> what primarily came to mind followed by the Harrison Ford movie that I used to see a lot when I would go to Blockbuster remember Blockbuster <laughs> um anyway so it's codename Sabrina it will re- run a revamped version of Android TV that swings the UI focus away from apps and towards content isn't that everybody's favorite thing it will be sold under the Google Nest branding and it will come th- with a remote although from a very quick little um uh, skimming of the XDA developers article, I see that that remote apparently is from an Asus made Google meet hardware kit.
1: Um, there was a, uh, th- there was a couple of stories about that earlier on. There was a, t- there was a trademark, uh, request, uh, uh, application for something called Google remote. And that was for, um, a Samsung device, the, the remote – so there there was some question about whether it was going to be like a, a Google product or not, uh, in the Google product or not. Uh, but as part of the media that they that XDA pulled, there is like a screenshot of now with a remote control, and it shows you like uh, – is that – or is that from the Samsung? Okay, okay no, so no, clearly says, no, there's no, a says,
0: remote says, control no, going around. It says
1: – <laughs> uh, no, I, th- I, think, I think this is from the pull. Again, I'm, we're go- I'm going strictly from – uh, strictly from the uh, the media that XDA pulled off, and there's no they have this, they have this image that I thought was a, a very very googly looking uh, remote control all round with like circles everywhere, the dedicated yeah. uh, smart assistant button, the other the other th- a, a dedicated favorite button, which you would think would be for like YouTube stuff. What I thought was uh, very very suspicious is um uh <laughs> is that it cuts off like right below the play pause button and the the mute button which made me think that oh that's they haven't done all the all the co-branding deals to figure out who gets the Netflix button and who do, does someone get a a Disney Plus button although I might be reading into things
0: I mean it's better than having like Netflix this is the only thing that you can immediately <laughs> quick launch um I don't know listen I'm excited for this because I am I'm just kind of hitting hitting my my limit with Chromecast. I haven't been using Android TV a lot, the Mi Box because we have not been watching TV in the living room since we had the baby because I don't want her puking all over those couches. <laughs> so I, we we keep her in the family room. Um, you know, uh, with the washable cover. So that's why we haven't been using that very much. And it, it's been annoying because every time we do want to watch TV in there, we have to wait like an hour for all these software updates to hit. I don't <laughs> know why it takes so long. But I digress. Uh, I also I am a little uh, dubious about this content-focused UI, though, because it's just like not – that's not a Google thing to me. That's an Apple thing to me. yeah. You know, that's an Apple and an Amazon thing. Like I'm very like, what content is it going to be content in the play store? Is it going to be, are you going to finally show me, um, recordings from YouTube TV? Like that would be actually helpful. I would appreciate that. Like, Hey, here's your latest episode of real housewives flow. I know this is the thing that you're going to watch tonight. So that's what I need.
1: It's it's also the reason why I can watch Disney plus on my two Android TVs, but I can't watch it on my, my Roku. Because Roku and Fire oh device TV, limit. Well, because uh, Roku, both Roku and uh, Android Fire uh, Fire TV uh, have not reached deals to have this because they're they're like oh well uh, they they're uh, the they're up I think they have I'm sorry I'm, I'm talking I'm I I'm meant to be uh, talking about HBO uh, Max or HBO Plus the oh uh, the different uh, the the difference being that um. Uh, they're insist they're insisting that the HBO app uh, surface content directly to the Roku app and directly to uh, the fire TV app, as opposed to you have to launch the app to actually get to like the latest episode of whatever. And because God forbid Amazon doesn't get to, doesn't get to offer you alternatives to the content you've already given money to someone else for.
0: Um, by the way, just, Side note: I am. I added HBO to my YouTube TV subscription, mm. which I thought was super smooth. That was a smooth move because, I mean, if you're, it's like if you're paying for cable through Comcast, let's say, uh, and then you would just pay to unlock HBO and add that channel to your channel list. Now I just have HBO at the very end, the way that I would on a traditional TV guide, and uh, it's very interesting to see how YouTube TV has jumped over into that. It's just over the air cable. It's, <laughs> it's magnificent. And now I get to add all these HBO shows to my DVR, which yeah. makes it even better. Cause it's like, I don't have to worry about a separate app. I don't have to worry about a separate bill. Like it just charges me, you know, the lump sum that I already pay for with YouTube TV. Um, it's, very interesting uh, turn of events of what's going on with regards to media Absolutely. consumption and how, how Google and Apple, I mean, it's, it's interesting too. Cause like I'll ask people like, Hey, are you watching any of that exclusive Apple stuff on Apple TV? And people are like, yeah, it's, it's actually pretty good. Like I'm very surprised. And so this will be an interesting, um, I think, you know, because of the pandemic, I imagine that a lot of this stuff is getting um, prioritized. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because people are at home, so this is this is the thing they yeah. can do.
1: Although it's it's it is. I mean, you're you're right on the money there. It is a really odd uh, like climate for consumption because um, I I'm an AT uh, my I have an AT and T unlimited plan on my phone, mm-hmm. and because AT and T also owns Warner and also owns like HBO. Right not only do not only do i get hbo max for free but also um on my on my unlimited the uh, although there is like a data cap obviously on my unlimited data plan uh hbo max does not count towards that data plan whereas of course other streaming services do and okay i'm sure the, i'm i'm sure the government is going to be fine with that I'm I'm sure when AT&T said that hey it's not as just because we are the network company and we also own these content going to own these cable content companies it doesn't mean we're going to be leveraging that to an unfair advantage over our competitors okay I excuse as, me
0: are you alluding to our podcast next week because we did have a whole section that we just grayed out on like uh,
1: well we're, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. I'm just, I'm just alluding to it. I, I'm, I'm a huge. I, 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 I feel as though instead of saying that I'm a total hypocrite, I'm just going to say I'm open-minded. I am able to enjoy this uh, thing that I don't have to pay for, and also can stream whenever I want without any extra charge on my phone. Uh, on, on the one hand, and also be able to say, oh tisk tisk, this is exactly what antitrust legislation is meant to stop.
0: Yeah, well we'll talk about that more next week. We'll I'm exhausted. This, week. Was, Google, this was this was a this was a packed episode in terms of Yeah. All right, let's end this on a relatively light note. If anybody would like to tweet us, by the way, you know you can do that at Material Podcast. We do read that feed. I have not updated that feed in years. <laughs> and I apologize. But also it's a lot of work. So <laughs> <laughs> but you can still tweet us because Andy and I still uh, – we still watch that column. So we – like I see it come in if anybody tweets to at Material Podcast. So please, comments, concerns, or maybe you just want to say hi. You can do that. Indeed, We would appreciate it. Um, Andy – Do you have anything going on this week that you would like to point people to perhaps, you know, help them be distracted (laughs) from stuff that's going on?
1: (laughs) Uh, No, I'm usually on the radio at uh, NPR in Boston, WGBH, like 1130 in the morning on Fridays. I'm being Mm -hmm. bumped uh, because a local politician uh, of the governor or mayoral status needs to need some airtime to talk about some stuff, uh, but normally you go to wgbhnews.org. So in lieu of that, I will describe to you a picture that I saw on Reddit that got me uh, had gave me a really really good laugh. Someone in a pickup someone's pickup truck had a really like big like dent in like the rear uh, rear quarter panel, uh, like a really like a beach ball sized dent. And ra- although it was the sort of stunt that you think that you could probably just like put a suction cup on and pull out, uh-huh. this person decided instead to have like a a uh, a uh, a full sized outline of while ye coyote like in full like splattered oh, my against God. something, <laughs> as though he had like been le- this is the hole left behind when something went awry. <laughs> I, I, that's I most sure you, because that's, that's the
0: that's the shtick in every single Looney yes. Tunes episode with E. Coyote. It was like, oh my god! I would I would have <laughs> had I seen
1: this car parked myself. Not only would I've taken that photo, I would have like found a local Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts, put twenty dollars on a gift card, and left that gift card like underneath that person's <laughs> wiper. Because I now this is like the first time I've one of the few times since I stopped having a car that I wish I had a car because my car had 150,000 miles on it. It certainly had a dent in it that didn't merit, actually, rec- That that's exactly what I would have done.
0: I mean, if you think about it, buying that sticker, probably a lot cheaper than trying to get the dent fixed. I mean...
1: And be- it's it's an improvement on the car. I agree. You can't deny that that's, that's even better than an undented quarter panel. <laughs> that's like... <laughs>
0: Uh unfortunately I don't have uh anything as uh as funny to share. I I already gave away my jokes at the beginning of this episode, all the terrible terrible coronavirus valentines. Um uh <laughs> Um as for me, you know, I'm just here. So I'm, you know, I'm here if you want to talk. If anybody wants to talk. Um my discord if you'd like to join it there's a link at my website somewhere floating around florencelion.com if you'd like to join it's a safe space you can come talk about how you're feeling you can just come talk to me um i can't uh say that i know one-to-one exactly how um how people are feeling but um i I believe in practicing empathy and I am here if you need me. So I would like to just offer my services in that way. Um, The requisite end of podcast uh, banner that we have to kind of put up, which is don't forget you become a member of the show. Relay.fm slash material. It supports. Oh, Andy just sent the picture, by the way, which I'm going to link in the show notes. Oh my God, that's perfect. It's, it's It's the cutout of him. Oh, that's, that's genius. Oh, this is really good. Okay, so definitely check this out in the show notes. It'll give you a laugh. This is great
1: actually they, um, i wonder if, i don't know if the. i don't know if they they blurred out his license plate but if if they didn't it's on an they angle did, so they I did they ha- did i uh, see uh, it.
0: it i see it's blacked out that's out good. no is, that's good. You, you gotta do you know, for surveillance <laughs> i
1: don't want uh, <laughs> to be i don't want to be a creep here but i found out your your home address and i just wanted to send you this hundred dollar gift basket of fruits cheeses and fine chocolates just, <laughs> thank you for giving me a laugh in these dark and depressing times
0: See, if you become a member of our show, this is what you pay for. (laughs) This is what you pay for us to do with our time. Um, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in this week. I know that this was an episode that may have been uh, difficult to listen to for a variety of reasons. It's a lot difficult. There's a lot of stuff happening around us right now in the world. Um, I will put up a content warning on the podcast description this week. So anybody who wants to skip this week... I will understand. <laughs> I mean, We understand it's, you know, it's, it's hard out there. Um, but for now, I think Andy and I would just like to leave you with the sentiment of take care of yourself. Listen to what you need, whether it's rest, whether it's distraction or whether you feel the need to go out and be a part of what's going on. Um, and we hope to see you back here next week when we will talk more about what is going on in the world of Google. So until then. Have a great seven days as best as you can.